Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show we discuss the narrow defeat away at Sale. We had some of the big guns back and they certainly fired some shots, but ultimately we suffered our sixth premiership defeat in a row. With only one more premiership game left before Christmas, we discuss the team for Saturday's big showdown with Tigers and hear from our good friend Mike Cooper from the Rolling Mall podcast a somewhat banterous chat which marks a season debut for Pete's Premiership previews. Can we arrest this poor run of form or are we at risk of being the one thing that every club fears, that is, being bottom at Christmas? I'm Pete and I'm joined by Miles for a cheeky beer and a bit of rugby banter. Well, Miles, we have been bemoaning the Bears' injury list this season, particularly with the Galacticos, and now we have a crisis of our own <laughs> in the pod. We have two big guns missing. Lee and Tony cannot be with us tonight, so it's just me and you, fella. Um, to be fair to Lee, he'd already sent in an excuse note uh, earlier in the week on account of a planned weekend away with his uh, with his missus, but we, uh, we did get a late call from Tony this afternoon um, saying he was stuck at uh, an A&E. And unlikely to make it. Um, I'm sure our listeners will be pleased to know that it was nothing too serious, thankfully, but just a horrendous wait. So it's just you and me, Miles. Um, are you ready to do this, fella? Absolutely. I mean, I thought you were going to say uh, Lee and Tony were out on international duty again, Pete. But alas, um, perfectly acceptable excuses. And I think on this occasion, seeing as that we've got neither the Christmas tree... Um, or anyone else to record the podcast, we're just going to have to get on with it. We are, and I, I should say that we're we're back at Miles's place again. Um, so uh, it was getting quite. I'm getting quite used to being here now, well, absolutely, Miles. Absolutely, yeah. The champagne it flows each time you're here. Yeah, well. absolutely. I mean, I could get used to this sort of living. Anyway, let's go for it. So, um, before, like we always do, um, we like to talk about the team sheet when it came out in the week. Um, it looked pretty promising, I thought. Um, not far off a. A reasonably fully loaded side with, with Genjin sinks apart. What did you think when you saw it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we learnt in the week, didn't we, that sadly Jan Thomas, I think, have taken a bit of a knock in the South Africa game. Um, and that's a bit of a chink in our armour there. I, th- I think, he, did he pull a muscle in his shoulder? Well, all that, when he all was like cheering. Whipping up the crowd, wasn't it? <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, you know, I know without Sinks and Genj, we're always really going to probably start with Woolmore and Laheef, weren't we, at yeah. um, tight and open, and so, um, loose. Uh, loose head uh, prop, um, which going up to the big guns at sale is it, not really the firepower you would, you would ordinarily like, but you know, fair play, uh, Woolmore ch- went for Burners number two and Laheef, um, uh, and with, you know, as we suspected, Rui back, Batley, who's been playing some fantastic rugby for Bristol since he's rejoined us um, uh, and obviously uh, Captain Fantastic yep. back Big Steve um, back from his injury and we'll come on to chat about his performance but that's a that's a huge uh, uh, huge bonus for the team and then uh, Harding at seven and Bradbury in his correct oh, position as number eight so actually yeah. I think uh, a good strong side, actually, um, to send up to sale. Well, it's currently the best yeah. we had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was actually really quite promising. I mean, back row with people in the right position. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Steve back, which we've been waiting for for ages. Vui and Batley had a nice ring to it. And, um, you know, we had Morahan, Piatau and, and, and Ibitoya, who, who obviously has been showing really well recently Absolutely. as our back three. Um, Porter and Sheedy. 
Um, I, I guess my only concern, you know, like it always is, you know, the front row because we, we go up and down with it, and yeah. you know, we love Big Jake, we love Lat Max Lahif, um, but I was slightly concerned, you know. Sometimes that, that can can uh, be a real crucial part of the game, but but I was positive, and I, you know, despite the fact that Sale, you know, were high flying, I think this was a real opportunity to to kind of make a statement, and perhaps even on the back of the goodwill from the South Africa game, where you know there was a real bit of goodwill around the club, and and I'm sure some confidence back in the side. So anyway, let's get on to the game. I mean, to be honest, as we'd expect, it was a bit of a, a scrappy start, um, a bit of a quite a lot of kicking I think poor old Shido made a bit of a hash of a of a clearance and then we had an HIA for Bradby um, which I should say he did come back on later he on did, which was yeah. good which is really good but the TMO didn't seem particularly interested in having a look at, at the high shot um, and then after 10 minutes uh, I don't know which one it was but one of the Dupree <laughs> brothers I think the, the fly half one one with the moustache or they've all got them I think I mean, it's Dan as yeah well, no I think it was I think it was Rob <laughs> Dupree actually um, scored a try after a bit of sale pressure on our line. It seemed pretty easy. And um, what were your feelings then, Miles? Yeah, I mean, I was laughing with the Duchess watching the game yesterday because I, I forgot that there were three <laughs> Dupree brothers playing for sale. Like he said, like, and I was saying, like, yeah, they've got these big meaty South Africans. You know, it's actually quite sensible sort of signing. Really, they're not missing many international windows. Uh, and lo and behold, yeah, it was. They put a lot of pressure on us, uh, and it was about nine minutes. Actually, it took loads of pressure, and they saw a gap out on the on the wing, sent it out to whichever Dupree scored, as we it said. Was Rob, yeah, uh, Rob, and it was a lovely try, which made it um, five nil to sail. But I think at that point, I wasn't panicking. You know, nine minutes in, we had an initial lot of pressure in the first three minutes, despite Callum's wayward panicky kick, which actually pinned us on our try line, and subsequently, we didn't really get out of that our 10-metre line for the next eight minutes, and hence the loads of pressure Sale put on us ultimately led to that try. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a, a tough kicking game, quite windy up in Manchester, but, you know, can't knock it too much, really. He had a split-second decision and, and, and just got taken out by, uh, by a good tackle. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we, we saw what we'd expect from, from Sale, uh, you know, a, a rapid blitz defence, mm. big collisions... And I did sort of think after that Dupree try that it could be a long afternoon, but 23 minutes, um, I think we, we had a, a couple of phases and then we had a, a ruck on the right-hand side in, in kind of uh, within their half. And um, I, I saw it unfolding. I suddenly saw this sort of pod of our backs mm. suddenly go to the blind side and scored what I would consider to be a, ru- a, a try of absolute rugby beauty. A, a textbook try of getting the ball, straightening, popping it, straightening, popping it, straightening, somebody f- folding over from the outside and then Piers O'Connor running in. I mean, it really was a beautiful try. And then old Cheeto followed it up, as good tries should be done, by, by slamming one in from the uh, the touchline. So, yeah, I mean, I, suddenly then things looked up. Well, absolutely. And even, I mean, it was a beautiful try. It was like a sort of... A mystical pod of dolphins coming down. It was poetic, on the shark. Yeah. absolutely. And even the pundit described it as tactical yeah. mastery, which was great. You're right, popping it out, popping it out again, creating an overlap, and what you could argue is by the end, fairly easy sort of catch and run in by uh, by O'Connor and tipped over by Callum. And 
at that point, we were then sort of 7-5 up, weren't we, after yeah. 23 minutes, and things were looking certainly and a it bit was, more promising. It was positive for, yeah. I don't know, at least two minutes, because, uh, <laughs> as is the way, with which we always seem to think, that yeah. when we score a try, we then seem to concede one. And, uh, um, you know, this time, it was their wing, a Roebuck. He's had a lot of good press, has been training with England. Um, but Dupria launched some massive Gary Owen, yeah. and uh, Roebuck just kind of pickpocketed one of, quote, the world's best fullbacks, um, and then cantered in for a try. I mean, it was, it was, ugh, I know it's, people don't do these on purpose, but got to say that was, I thought that was pretty poor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they kept mentioning it, Roebuck. Is he a full, is he a rugby league man? I don't is know. He? Oh, there was a lot of punishment for that, which is fair enough. He's actually quite a big unit, a lot shorter mm. than Charles Peterow. But... But Charles didn't. Charles was waiting for it. He, he did was, the classic. You're right. Classic waiting on the ground. Yeah. Roebuck took his chances, jumped a good ten meters above Charles's head, pickpocketed him, and a lovely try in. And you know, Sale were knocking up some absolutely fantastic up and under shots from Dupria. And you know, the, like the differences really between maybe our number ten and their number ten, the accuracy mm. and the hang time on their up and unders was kicked to perfection yeah. nearly every time from Sale. And that was our downfall, really. There was time to put a lot of pressure on. If not Roebuck, another one probably could have sort of taken that ball and scored. Unfortunate for Charles, he looked pretty angry at himself. And fair enough, brushed it off. And, but, you yeah. know, 12-7 to Sale at that yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing. And I mean, yeah, give credit to uh, to Dupria. I mean, it was an excellent kick. Yeah. But, I, you know you've got to be jumping for the ball. And, and even if you don't get it, you've got to at least try and spoil it. I mean, for somebody to, to basically just pluck it out on the run, yeah. score is, is a bit disappointing. But luckily, didn't actually matter too much because even though they then got a penalty, um, we then hit back again with uh, Piers O'Connor getting a brace before, before half-time. Um, I think we then got another penalty on top of that from mm. McGinty, who had, who had come on for Sheedy, who... Um, well, he looked like he he looked he looked in pain, didn't he? And he so he he got he got <laughs> substituted, and we'll come back to the try in a sec. But he got substituted, and there was some debate on Twitter: was it tactical or was it injury? And I think it was a tactical injury because <laughs> I think Sheedy probably hadn't had the greatest half. And of course, we know that this is not true. But maybe it was one of those times where he probably thought, you know what, I think I'll just, it does hurt a bit. I, I think I could do with a bath and I know I've got AJ coming on. So yeah. so perhaps it was, uh, it's unfortunate because we never like to see any any players injured at all. Um, but yes, it I was... Mean, uh, poor Sheedy. I mean, to be fair, he did, like, did look like he was pretty much going to vomit on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, he did. He looked, he looked in pain. I mean, abdominal pain or something. He, he wasn't in the good way and I don't think he can have continued anymore. Um, but and then, you know... But then McGinty came on um, and, you know, we hope he sort of try something a little bit yeah. different. And really. actually, I should go back to the try that we scored, Piers O'Connor. I mean, that was that was actually quite heartening because it came for a, from a bit of sustained pressure on their line. I think we'd, uh, I think we'd, my memory serves me correctly. I think that uh, Porter had made a nice little break down the blind side, had offloaded to Steve Luatua, who got past a few players. Um, it kind of, um, it, it kind of... Um, 
faffed around a bit and then we I oh, know that was it we turned it was it turned out, lucky bounce yeah yeah and, Morahan, and, I, and I think really, both yeah. teams sort of gave it away yeah. then Morahan got it in the loose chipped it over yeah. got hold of it and then from that moment on we, we did what we, we, we assume is relatively easy is just kind of run it in um, so fair play to O'Connor who's in the right position and of course then we went into to half time 17-5 up and, and actually I thought that was a pretty pretty good place to be um you know, I, I I think considering that Sale... And it wasn't that generous. It was 15-19. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> That's but, quite uh, all right. That's right. But, no, um, no problem. So anyway, we went in. I mean, I was... I don't know about you at half-time. I was, I was feeling reasonably confident. I thought that we were fronting up, you know, head-to-head with, this, yeah. with a, a top-four side. I think that... I felt that we had some confidence in our backs. Uh, the fact that we'd scored two tries. I felt that they... they 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 had some strategy to try and counter the the blitz defence. Mm. They were trying a few things. They were trying to. I think they were, the commentators were talking about how we were kind of passing deep into our backline, and then we had one of the wingers looping round to just mm. and, and Morahan did it a couple of times. So we clearly had had a plan to try and counter the blitz defence. So I, I I thought you know if we can be, if of course we could be clinical, and and take our chances. I really felt we had a we potentially could 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 bag the five, well, four points and, and maybe even five. And to be honest, that second half, I think we pretty much dominated. We dominated in territory. We dominated in possession. I think when we look at the overall stats, we had the most line breaks. We had the most offloads. Yet, unfortunately, we, we didn't come away with a win. And um, I don't know. I mean, we, we had a lot of pressure quite early on, um, but we just didn't score at all. And I think we ended up um, getting taking the penalty, which was fair enough, um, but you know seven points potentially was going begging, and then of course annoyingly I think Max Laheath gave the ball was either on the wrong side or played it with his hands, and and we gave them a penalty immediately back again, which kind of negated all that that effort and hard work, and then to be honest, they got one relatively ugly converted try you know mm. from a line out, and then we pummeled their red zone particularly from the 70th to the 75th minute um, when I really thought we they were on, they were on a warning for a card we had a penalty coming we, we I thought we were had to score there well. or at least take the points and then we took the penalty and a tap and go and and then it kind of came out to the backs and for some reason they weren't ready and, and we got pushed over into dead ball area and, and didn't even get the penalty because we'd already taken it. And I think you're right, Pete. I mean, that, it comes down again, doesn't it, to... We, it feels like we've got one of the worst red zone efficiencies for scoring mm. in the entire league. Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure we've seen many times a season where our pick and go has um, resulted in a try... Mm. It didn't happen this. We put so much pressure on their line. Pick and go, pick and go, uh, resulted in penalty. Again, uh, it happened in the 70th minute, didn't it? And I think big Steve Luatua was interviewed after the game and said, should you just kept it in the forwards for another minute? But he said, well, no, I've got confidence in the forwards, but we've got to have confidence in our backs. Mm. Ultimately, it spun out to the backs, didn't it? Mm. And we just fluffed it, spilt the ball. So immediately put too much pressure on us, turned over the ball. Um, and you're right. Um, so a combination of not really being able to get over the line. And I don't know what it is. We've got big enough units. But uh, is the forwards coaching just not the way it should be? I know you're not allowed to bind as a pair these days. That rule has changed, hasn't it? 
but driving forward, adding pressure, then once you've got the ball, we just don't seem powerful yeah. enough to get over the line. And I, I think it's an element of, of, of also thinking think clearly under pressure oh. at that moment. I mean, ironically, I'd say that off red zone efficiency in the first half was it was actually quite good. Yeah. But, yeah. but when it really mattered, which was we, at the, <laughs> then, we just couldn't quite see it over the line. And I mean, you know, it also shows how important decisions about taking the points or tapping are. And, and I mean, when... Actually, think well, back that McGinty shanked a horrendous penalty, did, which would have been another three points. And if we'd taken another three, it would have been 26-25. So yeah, it kind right. of shows the the importance. But, you know, it wasn't what we did. Um, had Big Steve gone up, I mean, had our lead decision maker, he was obviously substituted. Mm. Was he off at that point when we decided to go for the, the, the line-out drive, didn't we? Yeah, we so went for the line-out drive. We didn't score, but we got a penalty. We went backwards and forwards for a bit, and then we took the penalty, and we took a tap-and-go. That was yeah, Thacker took the tap-and-go, and that was the thing. If we'd taken the three points there, I think it was only 73, yeah, 74 was, minutes. We was. would have been at 25-23, confident we could get back in their half. It's. I just think it's those small moments. And I, I, I did think that with the South Africa game, one of the things I thought from that game was that we were... We, we were showing a much more sort of pragmatic game plan where we took the points when it was available mm. because we knew it was going to be tight. Quite. And I kind of, un I don't understand why we didn't really do the same thing. And so, the scoreline was already tight, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I think most fans will probably wonder why we didn't take three, get to 25-23 with yeah. potentially three minutes I mean, to go. I mean, the other question is, I mean, let's be let's give Sale some credit. Yeah. I mean, it was clearly quite good defence from them. Oh, Although, absolutely. having looked at the highlights again, I've got to say, I didn't think... A lot of their players were on side at the end. They they were they were pretty and he'd all, they were the already well no on that on that little <laughs> yeah, on that yeah. little go it's just yeah, yeah. You know, seventy five minutes they were on two they were on a warning and I thought they were pushing the offside line when we were pummeling the line and then we were forced to then go out wide yeah, and mucked it up and okay. I, I just think again on another day we might have it might have been a yellow we might have got in there but, exactly I mean imagine if we'd have had our mate Rich sat behind us in a dolmen. I mean, their rush defence was certainly questionable and um, the offside. I think, but if Delano yeah. didn't pick up for it, well, I, yeah, we I have th to adapt to our game slightly, don't I we? I mean, I think the thing is, we, we can't really make a big thing of that anymore. We no. know exactly what we're going to get from yeah. Sale. And, and yeah. we had put plans in place for it. It's frustrating to watch as a, as a fan. But I think we were, you know, we knew, we, we knew what, was to, what to expect. It was, just, it was just a shame because I actually think it was a, it was a really encouraging game yeah. I, I, I thought it was a much better game I thought we've after that Saracens debacle really yeah, um, I think we had that kind of nice little friendly against Cardiff we had the excitement of the the Saracen uh, the South Africa game and I think this was a we made a bit of a statement and kind of shows what we can do when we do have our big players but you know it's uh, we can't be the sort of team that just relies on that all the time You're right but then um, you know ultimately is that another Gloucester away, we had a marvellous yeah. uh, game, didn't we? Nearly won. You could argue the same here. Uh, we could have nicked that game, couldn't we, in the last 10 minutes? A very nearly game. Ultimately, we just lost it. Came away with one point. And it's resulted in yeah. now being our sixth loss. I know. And this is... In the Premiership. I mean, this is what post-match Pat said was, uh, quote, we created enough chances, but we just weren't clinical enough. And it, I mean, he's not wrong there. But, um, you know, it isn't the first time that we could say this. And the big question is, is, is how do we get more clinical? How do we improve this? You know, and, and that's really way beyond our, 
our knowledge, our pay salaries, <laughs> and our pay grades to say it. Yeah. But at least Pat didn't say we'll learn from it because no. I think he knew. He, he, it was and all, he knew we'd be listening. I know, and, so. and, he, and he didn't mention the system. Um, okay, good. Because I think he, I think he probably thought for once most fans would actually say, you know what, we we did pretty yeah, well, yeah, he did it. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't really need to say much more because yeah. they they definitely put a big big shift in. I think the forwards. Were, were, were fronted up and the, the backs although albeit a little bit disjointed at times did show their class so that yeah. takes me on Miles we get let's do these performances so um, I think that you know we should match our personalities with this so I think you my man can take the big units <laughs> <laughs> and of course I'll, be, I'll take the fancy Dan oh, so uh, well, the fancy so, fancy being, being as ex-scrum half as yeah. you are so what do you reckon Miles performances in the forwards then um up front, actually, I th- okay. So we did say that you know we didn't have a great deal of choice. We had Walmore, Burn, Leaf up front. I thought Brian Burn, uh, the Brian Osseus, did had a particularly quite a good game to be honest with you. Hitting his men in the lineup, quite powerful, uh, and made some great defence tackles. Um, my slight concern was and slight moan really that was on two tries on our own put-ins. We were getting pushed back by sale. Uh, I know they've got big units there. Shonaton, um, I forgot who started, but the substitute came on. And I found it a little bit puzzling by Pat, the fact that we got 77 Seven minutes, minutes before we substituted Walmer off. And I think that was because of a slight niggle. And on the bench, we had Jay Tyak and, and Ben Solomon, mm. uh, who played next to no minutes at all. Mm. I, I'm really puzzled mm. by that. Yeah, I know point. they are not the most experienced, the guy, you know, the, the guys. But seeing us being pushed back was was just not not particularly acceptable. And the fact that we made no changes after the second time that happened, strange decision making. Disappointed there. Um, second row. I mean, you cannot complain with Batley and Vuri, can you? The engine room. Vuri, some great runs. Batley, absolutely fantastic. Vuri made a. Slight, you know, slightly a few silly penalties getting in the way of the the jumper in the line, but that's understandable. And you know, I think the Bristol man of the match is it has to be Captain Fantastic yeah. Steve Luatua. Had a phenomenal game, was all over the pitch, and you can just see the leadership he brings to mm. that team changes instantly. He steps on the pitch. Um, in fact, it wasn't enough minutes. So he came back on again. Yeah, yeah. Did, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Fitzharding took one for the team. Yeah, Fitzharding yeah. took. He was looking. I think he was seeing the stars, yeah. wasn't he? With another uh, HA, and we might find that he's yeah. out for twelve days, precautionary. Yeah. But no, I think to, to pick up on your point on Steve Lewis too. I mean, it, it, yeah, we can't deal in what they in history call counterfactuals, but you do wonder whether if he had if he played a few more games in mm. this 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 first half of the season that that maybe just maybe we, we may not be in the position yeah, he would be possibly. i mean you know he really is an all court player and i kind of forgotten how good he is mm. um just he just does everything in a kind of languid but quality way and for you know in in defense and attack and i think you're right the sort of quiet authority lifts others and i think also um you know has a has a good impact on the ref and and as you say as you pointed out rightly Towards the end, when he wasn't on, you know, perhaps we did make some some questionable decisions. Um, yeah, I mean, I just go back to the the front row. I mean, it, again, it was disappointing that they, that was the one area of weakness in the forwards. Was, yeah. But I think sometimes you've got to be, you've also got to look at who's behind them as well. And, mm. and you know, we don't have a massive 
pack. We're a yeah. mobile pack, yeah. and yeah. actually, maybe sometimes we're a little bit harsh on the the props and the, the hooker because you know they've got they. It's a team effort, and yeah. I'm I sure mean, they're they're trying their best. And when you're facing though, I mean, the pack with all those saffers in, yeah, I mean, the, big the, Josh Beaumont, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe that was a little it's, bit harsh but on, it's, on just the front row. Yeah. I mean the. The power of those um, that sail pack is phenomenal, isn't it? I mean, they're physically huge, aren't they? The physicality of the sail pack is massive, and you know, perhaps it's just one. You say, okay, fair enough, we've got pushed back, but you know, we'll go on and next week we'll make yeah. a few little tweaks. Well, on that note, Miles, that's a nice little segue. I think we <laughs> should move on. Oh no, I got to do the backs. You have got to yeah, do the fancy absolutely. dance. Sorry, well, let's get through this. Yeah, where, where uh, the points were scored. Yeah, Come exactly. On, can't believe I almost forgot that. Um, right, okay, let's go half-backs. Well, I think Porter looked look like what he is, is a class scrum half. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously, he's keeping Andy Oren out of number one spot. I I, I like, I, I'm not think, I don't think his kicking was brilliant, but it was, he, he's got a big enough all-court scrum half game to, to give me confidence. Mm. And I, I think Andy's going to have to work really hard to, to get his, to get back in, in ascendancy. I mean, we've... <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got to say a combined effort of 10 wasn't the best. And, and I don't yeah. think they need to tell me that. I mean, I think AJ, you know, one shanked penalty and two knock-ons uh, in difficult positions. He knows that. You know, we know he's, he's kind of... He had a, a rough time last weekend with USA. I mean, we maybe maybe still had a little bit of a few tears in his eyes for that. But um, yeah, it's a shame. Um, but... I thought I've got to say I thought Sam Bedlow was was really good. I thought he looked very good in defence. I thought he he's the sort of and he he fronted up to to Sale and I think he he showed some lovely little touches mm. and there was one I don't know if you remember there was one beautiful little um kind of basketball round the back oh, uh, little pass he picked it up it? off the floor. I yeah, mean that was absolutely. utter utter filth. Yeah. And um, fair play to him and I, and and I and I want him to do that. I want Bedlow. He, he looks he's a quiet lad but I'd love him you know, to, sh- to express himself mm. on the pitch. And I thought it's probably one of the best games I've seen him play. And, yeah, and consequently, awesome. Piers O'Connor plays well. You know, yeah, you've got, well, it's, yeah. a, it's a unit uh, inside and outside centre. And, you know, Piers scored two tries, which is great for him. I think, you know, he, he cut a few good little lines on there. So, yeah. And then, and then you know, again, I thought Morahan played, looked like what he is. He's a class operator. I think Morahan likes it when it breaks up a little bit. He's got mm. a bit of space and he can improvise. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously Charles Piertau is class, but you could argue he cost us seven points. And, and you know, on another day, you'd like to think that that, that wouldn't happen. So, um, and then Gabriel Libertoia, yeah, again, I mean, he was live wire. He, he's always looks like he's trying to make something happen. And I think that he's, I'd like to think that he's cemented his position uh, on, on the on left wing for for a while. So like yeah, to, I think he's I mean, pretty good. It's almost like, you feel frustrated, don't you, for the last few games that Libertoia... It's not been given the ball in mm. space, hasn't he? He hasn't shown his true potential. I mean, defensively, he, he looks solid yeah, as a rock, doesn't no, he? I'm a big fan of him. Uh, and he's great, making some great little moves. I'm just waiting for him to just burn past some yeah. sort of Leicester player next week. I think it will And happen. I think he'll come, won't it? He yeah. just needs the right space. So anyway, that's it. Uh, you know, I think it was promising. Um, better than, probably one of the best games we've played this season. Yeah, so I think we've, I got to, we've got to be be positive about it but unfortunately it was the sixth premiership defeat in a row and this is our last premiership game until December the 27th which is away at Harlequins yeah. so you know next week 
is, uh, and it's not a lot, so next week, I should say, sorry, is our yeah. last Premiership yeah, yeah. game against Tigers. It's going to be a, a big game. It's eight o'clock under the lights at Ashton Gate. Um, I mean, I think, do you think, Mars, it's a must win? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, otherwise we are going into the festive period, aren't we? Potentially. Potentially. Bottom at Christmas, if I Irish mean, win. Well, look at the results. Irish had a narrow defeat mm. at, away at Leicester last weekend. They're only two points behind us now. Um, we're now looking over our shoulder. Well, I should say, Miles, it was actually today. <laughs> they yeah, had a narrow... They, yeah, I mean, well, let's go on to the results. I mean, Friday night, Quinns beat Gloucester. I mean, that's actually Gloucester on a bit of a... Uh, 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 put the brakes yeah. on a little bit. Yeah, I think they've bit. lost three in a row, and and Quinns kind of you know did what they do, mm. and then I mean Falcons beat the Chiefs. I mean that was a big result, and absolutely you know mullered them. Really. Well, it wasn't mullered; it was like by two points. But yeah, I mean yeah, I think yeah. Falcons beating anyone is is in their eyes, and this is not disrespectful. They no, they'd no, say absolutely. that's a a mullering, um, and I think Carrera scored another worldie of a try. Oh, and they've um, those Argentinians who are just absolutely. I know, and you, you, and you know, look at that fantastic. and think you look at that and think Chiefs put fifty points on us. You know, like what is going on? <laughs> and then of course today, as uh, as I've just pointed out, I mean Tigers squeezed past London Irish. I mean we could have been bottom. Um, hadn't it been for a couple of you know close calls um so and then they're playing irish are playing falcons at home next weekend and we're playing tigers so you know it's all to play for for the to to be off the bottom by christmas when you mentioned (laughs) that then absolutely uh next saturday evening game is yeah saturday night at 8 p.m isn't it It was moved from the friday is uh, annoying it clashes with my christmas dues but i'm obviously going to prioritize the rugby And then uh, segue straight void into the city centre and carry on partying afterwards. Well, so, hang on, that's late because it's an eight o'clock kickoff. Well, I'm not going to be out until <laughs> 11. Well, t- I'm saying yeah. 10, really. I'm going to you know, leave the gate at 10 ish, void into the towards the hospital, and then party hard. Oh, and wow. then, you know, I look forward to hearing all about it next <laughs> Sunday. But yeah, actually, right. we ought to talk about this game briefly. But before we do, yeah. there is big news for the pod is that. I finally got myself organised and done the first Pete's Premiership preview of the season. Um, and I, I got in touch with uh, Mike Cooper from uh, the Rolling Mall Pod, our, our Leicester Tigers compatriots. And um, we had a little chat this morning, uh, obviously before the Leicester game. Over, and, over uh, a nice coffee, I hope, Pete, not we, a beer well, at that time. Well, no, it was, it was over a cup of tea yeah. Yeah, on Zoom. And um, we, just, to, just to kind of uh, explain, we kind of did it as a general chat mm. rather than asking each other so so it's it's about 20 minutes long to manage the expectations of listeners now um, but it was it was a nice little uh, chat about what we think is going to happen next Saturday with a, with a good bit of banter as well so I think uh, let's listen to what 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 he said so Mike it's excellent to speak to you again um, this is the first PPP as we call it Pete's Premiership preview that we've done this season so you are you are uh, are blessed but anyway, um, how are things with the Rolling Mall pod? I understand that you've got a, an extra addition to your family, which must make the whole thing a bit more difficult. Yeah, a lot more difficult. Thanks, Pete. It's lovely to see you again. I was just saying before we hit record that I um, was convinced I was sat next to you at a Joe Lysett gig the other day and with full confidence went, hello, Pete, um, before I realised it was <laughs> Fortunately, that was as embarrassing as it got for me that day because Joe Lysett didn't pickle me despite being in the front row. So... Uh, no, all good. Yeah, the little one is actually, as I say, settling down a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but that's blatantly going to be the kiss of death for us. But the podcast's still uh, churning on. Um, we've uh, had, had a few good guests, but obviously none as prestigious as yourself. Uh, and, and yeah, always looking forward to the Bristol preview. Now, I, I, we should probably point out, I suppose, for both 
sets of listeners that yeah. this is going to be identical on both podcasts because yeah. we're too lazy uh, and because we've both got kids jumping around uh, to do two separate recordings. Yeah. So that's, just in case somebody wants to waste time and jump onto the other pod. That's fine. But yeah. By all means do, but, yeah. but don't bother. I think it's, uh, it's, it's kind of two for the price of one. And I mean, I have one big question about your, um, your new arrival. Cause I obviously, I, I think our listeners will probably know that you are a, obviously a hardcore Leicester fan, but you do live in Kainsham. And yes, uh, the right. big question I've is, even played a few times for Kainsham. I, I know. And well. Big question is, are your children realistically, they let, are they Bristol fans? <laughs> do you think they've got fans? a choice in it, Pete? You know, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't a democracy in this house. What are you talking about? There's no free will. No, they've been literally force-fed Leicester Tigers since the moment they were born. Brilliant. Okay, that's got. We got that question out of the way. Right. Anyway, let's get on with uh, with some some rugby chat. Now, I mean, you've had a you had a brilliant season last year, and I think all of us, even hardcore Bristol fans, would say that it was the right result that you won the Premiership final last year because. Um, you know, you'd won, you'd played brilliant all season, you'd topped the table. And as we know, topping the table doesn't always end up in winning the league. Yeah. So um, it was a brilliant season, um, obviously. And, 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 and I know we've had our ups and downs about Ellis Genge coming, but it was fantastic for you. And I think for us that, that Genge was a, Genji was able to, to captain the side. Oh, that. I was so happy that I'd see him lift the title. Yeah. What a, I mean, my love for him is, is only 2% diminished now. And he's wearing a Bristol shirt. Yeah. He is a, a wonderful player and a fantastic bloke and he, he makes any side instantly better as I'm sure Bristol fans yeah. will agree it's been those, that first game against Bath when I saw him play I found myself actually cheering for Bristol which is something I swore I wouldn't do uh, since Pat Lamb got into our bad books yeah. but um, it, god that was so funny just to see the Bath defence just diving out of the way to yeah. avoid tackling him I was so happy to see him tear us up like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think we're all agree he's good for rugby per se, and and really is becoming a talisman for England. But my question is, is that you've now kind of experienced a little bit what we experienced was the, the difficult second season afterwards. So I'd be interested for you to just give us a quick kind of summary about you know how it's gone and and, and where you are at the moment. Yeah, it it's an interesting one. Uh, there's as usual you will always get like quite a lot of panic we're recording this on Sunday morning so it's before we play London Irish this afternoon which many of us have sort of underlined as being the springboard for the rest of our season so the start of our season isn't great but you've got to take into account quite a lot of context firstly um, we've played all of last season's top four away from home the fixture computer was desperately unkind to us in the first half of the season and we identified it effectively the second half of the season and particularly this run from December through to January as the period of time we need to basically get up and running we just need to be in the middle of the table by this point uh, we've also thanks to the cancellations of Worcester and was only played two out of our seven games at home uh, I think that the way the fixture computer has pro uh, rearranged our fixtures means that we've got seven out of nine of our final fixtures are at Welford Road so it's all it's going to be quite hard to see, I think, exactly where we are until it all comes out in the wash. And I think that, obviously, Genji leaving is a massive gap and Fordy leaving is a massive gap. Now, I thought Genji leaving was going to be a really big one for us because he's a real talisman around the club. Uh, luckily, we've we've got a really able replacement. Nobody replaces Ellis Genji because nobody does what he does. But we've got um, James Cronin, who's come in, is sort of relatively unknown. Obviously, his brother's probably more famous than him, the Irish, famous Irish international hooker. He's come in at Lucid, uh, and he is um, a fantastic scrummaging. Lucid, he's probably a better scrummager than Ellis, 
because he doesn't quite offer what he does around the park, although he keeps popping up for tries, which is nice. But it's actually Fordy going that I think that we're probably lacking a little bit of direction, a little bit of clinical edge, uh, particularly when we get into the red zone. We had a horrendous uh, evening at the wreck. Uh, and Bath are very much kind of doing what Leicester did about two, three seasons ago, just becoming niggly and hard to beat and slowly building a pretty uh, strong side there again, particularly since they just basically pinched all of Worcester's players. Uh, and it, what happened was we dominated that game, absolutely dominated it. I probably should have been five tries up at half time. We scored two uh, and we, we burnt three over the line. And it's that kind of clinical edge that I think that we're lacking. Uh, now 40 has gone. We've lost, um, we've been hosed twice. Uh, once by Saracens uh, away and once by Sale at home. But then we've gone and buried Harlequins away uh, and and thumped uh, a, a dangerous Newcastle side as well. And uh, it's quite difficult to see where we are. I'm going to flip the question round because I, I sense that Bristol are in a similar space to us in that there's been sort of shoots of promise mm. followed by shoots of uncertainty. And I think both sides seem to be in a position of, well, you know, will the real Bristol or Leicester's Please stand up. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right. And I mean, we actually had a reasonably good start to the season. Um, technically, three wins on the bounce. And then unfortunately, when Wasps folded, sadly, that was one of our wins scrubbed off, uh, albeit it was quite a lucky win. And then now, unfortunately, um, I say we're speaking on Sunday morning. Um, we've just come off the back of a, of a very close defeat, to be fair, to sale. But that's six premiership defeats on the in on the bounce for us mm. and the season is starting to fizzle and I mean I'm kind of preempting what happens this afternoon and obviously this will come out afterwards but I mean if London Irish do manage to get something out of your game and we could well find ourselves bottom which is is not really what was in the uh in the kind of the blueprint uh when uh our, our spiritual leader <laughs> Pat Lamb uh, uh, signed his seven-year <laughs> yeah, signed his seven-year contract. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what's gone wrong? Well, I mean, it's interesting you've pointed out fixture list. I think we would probably point out things like big players being injured yet again. I mean, yeah. Steve Luatua has been out since the day before our uh, preseason friendly. And he played yesterday, didn't he? He played brilliantly, and he yesterday. was superb yesterday. Absolutely, when I saw him. Um, and he is a he is a rock. Um, yeah, I mean, we've we have had. Obviously, Genge and Sinclair, but then they've missed a couple of games because of England. And the most disappointing one was when they missed, when they were all training in Jersey and they didn't play the Premiership game. Yeah. Just think, oh, come on, you know, why can't we? There's plenty of English players. If they get injured playing for the club, someone else so can come it, in. It's, only it's always a risk of when you, I think you, yeah. you take that on paper, yeah. fantastic front row of Genge yeah. and Sinclair. Albeit, it's, I will say, Sinclair has looked a shadow of himself. Yeah. For Bristol, I thought yeah. he actually looked quite good for it. Well, this is that's a positive that hopefully he's going to come back with a bit of a spring in his step. Yeah, so and you know, obviously Semi Randrandra and Siva Nualango, I've kind of almost forgotten that they they exist at the club. I mean, uh, there, you know, so so we, we've had that, and then of course we've, you know, I think we've 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 flattered to deceive again, and I think we we probably overachieved in that 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 amazing season, have gone back down to earth with a bump. We we definitely it's felt like we've lost our identity a little bit. And I think we have to put that down to the, the coaching and the plans is that I'm not sure we know quite what we are. We, we're trying to be a bit more yeah. pragmatic, but we perhaps don't have the players to be fully pragmatic because we recruited forwards that like to play a ball in hand as well. Um, Callum Sheedy has had a difficult 
half the season he's been very up and down and I, I sometimes I feel sorry for him because I, I feel like he's not quite sure he knows what he's supposed to be doing and he's got the kind of weight. He's probably not quite sure if he's backed either yeah. because you've, you've just brought in AJ McGinty yeah. sort of a star signing so you're like right well am I backup or am I first choice exactly or is it horses for courses depending on who we're playing and yeah. And I just think I think you know we are clearly in a clearly in a, in a process of rebuilding um, I don't think the salary cap being reduced helped much, but I, I remember you saying last season that you always felt that we had a, a very unbalanced squad, and I think you're absolutely right. But I think that was because in the first season we came back up, we needed to do something to make up for the 10 years of utter misery that Bristol had, had succumbed to by being yeah. in the championship, having no real structure, having no academy, having nothing. Being and subjected actually, to Andy Robinson. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think to be fair to, to, to Steve Lansdowne and Pat Lamb, it was, a, you know, buying in those Galacticos and then kind of supplementing it with, with unpolished diamonds was was a way of getting us back on the scene and, and actually worked brilliantly. But unfortunately, it's not mm. really a long-term sustainable thing. But the, the positive thing for Bristol is because we've also invested in, in the training ground, or it's known as the high performance centre, but we have been suggesting mm. well, on the pod it yeah. should be renamed <laughs> the average performance centre. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, we are starting to see some young players coming through now. Uh, like, for example, Joe Jenkins, who played yesterday at Sale, is 19 and looks the business. And I think the reality is it is a long-term um, plan for Bristol. And I think it was good that we were able to get a bit of joy back into the place. But of course, the reality is once you get that expectation really high, it really feels quite depressing when we, you know, we're sitting in 10th. And um, so be it's, it's been it. difficult, but there's, you know, we played well yesterday and you, what you need to get you going is a proper game of rugby and that's what we're looking forward to next Saturday against our friends the Tigers <laughs> well the game against Sale I thought yesterday I thought in many ways was possibly your best display mm, of the season definitely. in terms of it, Sale uh, absolutely no mugs this season I thought they'd struggle without Quirk and Ford for the yeah. first half of the season and they've put that to bed and for a period of time it looked like you were going to be winning that and that's one of the toughest forwards pack, forward packs around and you held them at bay and mm looked really sharp, scored a beauty of a try as well. Yeah. And I, I was thinking to myself, that's it. Because I, I remember at the start of the season when you had your run, and I think you and I tweeted about this, and I said, I'm, I'm slightly concerned as a Bristol fan, this is slightly papering yeah. some cracks. Um, because the defence was still leaking tries left, right and centre. And I think the teams you were putting away were, I think, were, were Bath and were notoriously leaky themselves. So it was hard to gauge. And I thought the sale was actually a bit of a switch to dealing with that more pragmatic yeah. side. And sale do what Leicester Tigers do, but this season seemed to do it better. So if I was a Bristol fan, I think oh, you might have some cautious optimism going in. Yeah. But I mean, who's who's standing out for Bristol this season, would you say? I mean, obviously, I know Randrander's out and, and stuff. I think Randall's out, is he? Yeah, he's out, hamstring, as is the way with our scrum halves. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. We, we, we have some good perf individual performances within games, but... You know, and then I mean, I, I point to someone like Sam Bedlow, who has, has had to step up, and I really like him as a player. And actually, he played really well yesterday. So, and we need people like him. We need these understudies to be consistently good. Um, I mean, we 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 nabbed Will Porter from from Wasps, who's pretty much got straight in as number one, and and I like him as a scrum half. Although I'm worried that he might get kind of <laughs> affected. But um, and yeah, I mean, I I I know it's it's crazy, really, because um, you know. This isn't really a, a, a player that we 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 expected to have, but Joe Batley from Worcester has come back to us 
and has, has been kind of barnstorming in the last few yeah, games. Banging player. Yeah, really and, and player. you know, has learned a lot, you know, overcome adversity. And I think he plays, you know, like with his heart on his sleeve. And and, I, and I'm sure you noted the other day, Mike, and all, uh, that, that we actually beat South Africa. Uh, so uh, you know, we, you know. However, You're much better, you better than England. Yeah. So <laughs> Joe Batley was absolutely superb that day. Um, he was whipping the crowd up and and so forth. So uh, you know, it's 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 actually hard for me to say who's really come through. I, I point to people like Joe Jenkins from the academy. That's where we're looking to Diego Bailey, who's been you know young lad. He's a big big unit of a winger. Those are the sort of players I think really are going to take us forward into the future. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to to that. And, and actually, Gabriel Libertoi, who has been kind of on the sidelines. For, from, um, from uh, signed from, where, where from did Tel he? Aviv or something. Tel Aviv, the, that the, was the former it, yeah. Tel Aviv Heat. Yeah, and, and it, yeah. you know, our understanding was he's not been injured for a while. He just hasn't got in, but but now he's got in. He, he looks like a, you know, a, a, a proper live wire. So, fantastically for us, I think a lot of things are all aligning. Uh, to, to for next Saturday at eight o'clock at the gate. Now, Mike, I want to first of all, I want to find out from you what you are you confident or not that you're going to beat us? Because last year, if you remember, you nabbed it right at the death on Boxing Day. Yeah, and in a game that I think everyone has said, ah, oh, this will be a bit of a walk in the park. Yeah. And and Elliot and I on our pod have said, no, this has got banana skip written all over it because yeah. Bristol were going to click and the defence clicked that day, I think, yeah. for you guys. From, and we really struggled. Jasper Visa uh, was that in his last day as a liability player. That's when he gave away a crazy yellow, I think, and mm. we nearly lost it. And then obviously scored at the end. I think Guy Porter wasn't it and in the yep. corner. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a game as close. Mm. I think next weekend. I think that if you ask whether I'm confident or not, ask me in about, mm. about ten hours' time yeah. after Tigers have finished uh, playing London Irish. I think if we put them away. Well, because London Irish play in a similar vein to Bristol, yep. it's quite a nice little duo of games we've mm. got here to play against two sides who, um, you know, are very mobile, aggressive, but but also like to spread it about a bit. Obviously, Bristol, like you say, are in a bit of flux at the moment in that regard. But if we put them away, and if we particularly we bury the set piece, I think that we could be confident. But going to the gates, which I think, aside from Wolford Road, I think is. Well, I think Wolford Road and the Gate are basically by far and away the two biggest capacity grounds yeah. in terms of like getting the average capacity. It's one of the best atmospheres around. Fantastic day out, much better than the wreck, mate. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't be wrong. But Bath, Bath, I hate to say it, Bath is a much nicer I, place, good place to go. But in terms of the stadium itself, the the Gate is just a better atmosphere. It, it's it's also not having meaning I'm having to sell one of my children to go as well. But it's. I, I don't know. Like I think that there's so it's two completely different sides. Uh, I can see us nicking it by a point, but but that's what my heart says. But I can also see you guys doing likewise. Well, I think that um, it's going to be a big game. It's an eight o'clock. It's Friday night. It's a Saturday night. Sorry, under the lights. I think there's there's going to be a big crowd there. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think that I agree with you. I I, I think it's going to be a, a tight game. I think you've got a big fearsome pack of, of young lads like Martin and, and Ellis, people like that who just like, I just see them as like East Midlands units. Ellis? Uh, not Aaron, no, what's his name? Not Ellis. Um, I keep saying oh, that. I thought, are you, are you, ta- are you uh, talking Wells, me? Harry Wells. That's what Harry, Wells. Harry Ellis. Well, Honestly, I did this last time. Didn't I? <laughs> I just see those boys and they're just hewn mm. from the East Well, Midlands. the interesting thing with George Martin is yeah. that obviously he's he played all his academy as Locke and he's played six all this time. Yeah. And he's now starting his first premiership game in the second row 
um, yeah. against London Irish. And what that would enable us to do is to put Liebenberg, Visa, yeah. and Rafael in the back row, but still maintain Martin, yeah. who is one of the most physical guys yeah. I've ever seen, and he's only 21. Yeah, um, he's, he's so it would be pretty exciting. But I'm, um, the, I think one of the big things that might sway it is Montage and Visa have played 18 months of back-to-back rugby because yeah. of the way the rugby championship works. And Elliot and I were, were hypothesising that maybe we'll give them December off. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, But they're straight into the side for London Irish. So mm-hmm. I wonder if, if they're playing or not well, might have a big difference. Yeah, I mean, one for your uh, listeners is that whisper it quietly, but the ru- the rumour on the on the street in Bristol is that we might be seeing the return of Sammy Randrandra next weekend. It, there was some talk he might even made the South Africa <laughs> game that we had. Obviously not in the 22-23 yesterday, but I mean, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, to be honest, because... Well, last season, you didn't know yeah, which one you were He was getting. a liability, if he, if he, yeah. If you got but the he, semi-run Tranto who could catch and hang on to the ball, great. Yeah, but. he was a total liability. But I do think, in hindsight, now it, it, he probably was playing injured. How he got that injury is another question mm. about, you know, going to the Olympics. But, and there have been lots of kind of soft-focused social media posts about semi kind of running slowly and pushing weights and kind of saying things like, you know, trust the process. So we're kind of being, we are being buttered up by the club yeah, as, as our social media love to butter us up, as you know, our social media department. Loved Your social media up. got it bang on. I have to say with the, uh, the, the Ben Earl and Max. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I, thought, I thought that was brilliant. It, it, there was no Papa lamb hug in sight. No. I absolutely applauded. I it. think he learned. And also I'd like to say on that, because then everyone's going, Oh, Saracens, how good. I was like, yeah, hang on a minute. The only reason Sarah, we we need to take credit for pulling Saracens out of that kind of, you know, giving them a little mm. bit of positive vibes with the rugby world because it showed a little bit of a sense of humour from Saracens there. So I think it, we did that. So yeah, anyway, absolutely. Yeah. I thought but, but to both parties, I gave an absolute tip of the cap. Yeah. I thought that was really funny, really well done. Anyway, uh, Mike, I've just looked at the time, and I, I we might have to wrap this up because this is quite a long chat, and our podcast we don't like we does ramble on a bit. So anyway, we we it's been brilliant to talk to you. As I said, I think we might see Randrandra next week. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I agree with you. I think it's going to be tight, and it will be a proper game of rugby against two proper rugby sides. But I want a prediction from you then. Actual uh, actual score prediction. Actual score. Okay. Um, I've just closed my eyes and the score, uh, Bristol 29, Leicester Tigers 31. has just jumped into my head. You know what? That's incredible. That's exactly what I thought as well. So I think we should leave it there. We've, we've what, that exact score? Exactly. That's what was in my head. I think, but Whoa. the other way around. Sorry. Get, the other way oh, around. Yeah. Oh, the other way around. Right. Well, either way, let's get down to the bookies, put on about yeah. for both I of those, agree. and then we'll, we'll go and split the winnings. Brilliant. Okay, mate. It's been great to talk to you. Hopefully... Um, uh, we will we'll catch up for a beer sometime. And I've, I've targeted going the away game, actually, to uh, to Welford Road. We should get one sooner, mate. I'll be there on uh, Saturday. Oh, uh, well, brilliant. All right, well, uh, yeah, we, we can keep in touch. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there windmilling into your fans on uh, yeah. the 80th minute. We, we, well, maybe we should do a little quick post-match uh, chat afterwards uh, and, and then, you know, could slip. The next I feel week. sorry. I'm bringing my mate who has never been to a rugby game before. Ooh. He is going to have the most miserable time, I think. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, look, it's really good to talk to you and, uh, and then let's hope it's a good game. Okay, Lovely. bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Pete. Okay, well, I mean, my thought that it was going to be a close game. Mm. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought it was going to be a close game our way. He thought it was going to be a close game his way, which is what you'd expect. Um, but, you know, we, we both felt that we both had our challenges and issues 
this season. But, you know, we think about last week's game on Boxing Day. It was an absolute humdinger. Um, I think we're going to be, I mean, hopefully we'll have Genj and Sinclair back. We don't necessarily look like we had too many injuries, maybe Harding from the weekend. And whisper it quietly, uh, we could have Semi back mm. next weekend. I mean, th there was some talk about South Africa. So I don't think there's much we can say too much about it, Miles. I mean, I think we can we can see that if we uh, if we have got most of our big players back, it might be a fairly similar starting lineup to what we had at Sale, save for the front row, maybe yeah. uh, you know our our our, own, our Woolmore and Lahif if they're fit moving to the bench. Um, and if Randrandra does play, are we are we talking O'Connor and Randrandra or are we talking Bedlow and Randrandra? Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because we know in, in a season where we were, well, talking two seasons ago, where uh, we finished top of the league before the playoffs, the Randrandra-O'Connor combination mm. was on fire mm. uh, and beat many a defence. So sadly, I, th I think for Bedlow, as brilliant as he's been, um, he might be... I don't know. I mean, we were discussing last week, don't we, weren't we, that really Semi can't come off the bench. No, well, that's what, exactly. That's what TC... No, it's and, big tones, uh, and he's right. It's uh, TC big suggested. Big. He starts or he doesn't. He starts or he doesn't. Um, and so, yes, maybe he starts, we get 40, 50 minutes out of him, and then Bedlow is a yeah. fantastic backup, really. Um, and I think you have Semi and O'Connor linking up in the mm. centre... Um, I do not see why we'd change Ibatoye. He's shown that he's, mm. he's a starter for me. We didn't see any injuries. Charles had a fantastic scar on his nose, yep. didn't he? Yep. Um, so Charles to start and Morahan on the wing. Um, but apart from the front row of Genji and... Um, Sink. Sink, Sink's Kyle, you know, Matt, <laughs> British and Irish Lions. Yeah, yeah, big, big, big money, big salary. Yeah, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, we have. You're right. This is this is a must-win game. We have got to start with the yeah. best players, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. And to me, I don't think we should muck around with who as good as they've been, Burn or Kerr starting. Thacker has to start. Yeah. We have got to go big, haven't yeah. we? Well, I think if you got if we got Genj and Sinclair back, I think we can perhaps afford to have. Thacker in the middle. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, I'm not sure where, how, I think Joycey was shoulder, wasn't he? So I can't yeah, see. Yeah, he took a knock at the... You know, I think a Batley-Vui back row. I mean, Bradbury hopefully was okay. If he came back on, that sort of suggests he's we okay. We may have lost Harding. We may so have lost Harding, but we've got Lua too. We've got Heenan, you know, so we've got Lewis. So we've got, I think back row will look after itself. And, and then, yeah, I think a Morahan, Piatawi, Bitoi. The one thing I will take issue is, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say Bedlow. Randrandra. Okay. Bedlow, at, Bedlow at 12, Randrandra at 13, if Randrandra's fit. I just think that Bedlow's will probably, it will help Semi to have him next to mm. you know, He can do the dirty stuff. Oh, he's a big unit, and, and great, great defence, isn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, I think time will tell. Okay. Well, it's quite a rarity, really, isn't it, to have suddenly mm. a choice of yeah. players to choose and, from. And in uh, many ways, I mean, this is, has been one of the problems, and yeah. a lot of people have said on social media that you know we've got to be realistic about what's happened this season we've mm -hmm. had a lot of our big players out we haven't had the opportunity to put a what we might consider to be even a the strong you know even yeah, an almost strong team out so but I think if players are fit that is going to be and it's a big game it's eight o'clock it's under the lights yeah. you know it's in a way I almost feel like if Semi is fit he owes us we he, we are owed as a, oh, as a fan base well, to, to see him you know I'd rather see him 
play against Leicester in a big game mm. where he could affect the route than, than maybe the Zebra or the Perpignan one afterwards. Yeah, so I right. anyway, I think, Miles, time will tell. We've got to move on because we can't go on too long because <laughs> it'll be shocking if we like too long and there's only two of us. Okay, so you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. You can find us on all major pod platforms or see us at Bears Beyond Gate on Twitter, Bears Beyond the Gate on Facebook and contact us at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail. Dot com. Please subscribe or follow us or leave a review or even get in touch. We love to hear from you, but it's Tony that does the email. So if he doesn't reply, it's his fault, right? And, uh, and, uh, but we also recognise that we don't know everything and we talk about this sort of thing from a fan's perspective. Anyway, Miles, um, before we finish, I think there's just a couple of other things I wanted to mention to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was the women. What happened to them oh, on Saturday? What happened really? I, you know, <laughs> I know exactly what happened. A bit like us about four or five yeah. years ago. They made their way to Gloucester Hartbury University. The curse of Hartbury College. Hartbury Hartbury College University. Went past the equestrian centre and got, got lost. lost. Yeah. Um, and subsequently suffered a pretty humbling 36-5 loss yeah. against Gloucester Hartbury, which is a massive shame. I mean, you look at last week, we won... Sorry, not to say we. The, the ladies won 62-0 to zip against zip. Wasps. Yeah. They've come across clearly a well-drilled uh, Gloucester Heart mm. routine. But I, you know, I wouldn't have predicted no. a scoreline to that effect, really. So that's a bit of a downer for them. Some of the international girls are coming back. Uh, Abby yeah. Ward, etc. So hopefully next week, let's turn yeah. that around. It's a minor blip, and thank goodness they got home from Hartbury. I was going to say, at least they didn't have to queue for an hour at the exit <laughs> for a taxi like we did that time we went. Yeah. Although Dave maybe Ward, Dave Ward did make them do that, well, I don't after, know. Yeah, I mean, Dave Ward would be hugely disappointed, but, you know, we'll brush that one off. Yeah. It's, it's only the second game of the season, yeah. and well done to the Well, they're, they're, yeah. they're third in the table still, so let's just oh, focus on that. <laughs> absolutely. Um, the second thing I want to mention was... Um, I mean, there was other rugby going on and, and uh, at Twickenham, and I don't really want to talk about it. Oh, I don't think many dear. England fans want to talk about it. I mean, it's bemusing, like where we are with a, a year to go to the World Cup. But I guess the one thing that's positive out of that is that Genji and, and Kyle Sinclair seem to emerge kind of unscathed from yesterday's sh- utter shambles at Twickenham, um, and actually, you know, that would have been the worst thing that could have happened if that we we could then sort of found them getting injured um you know and i guess actually out of all of the players over that kind of little little series i think mm. both of them probably were, were two of the better players actually and, and have come come out with their reputations at least the same if not slightly enhanced well i agree i think actually i mean carl Sinkler had been previously dropped in the mm. british iron british and Ireland lions last year um and actually yeah i think Carl's reputation has been restored, actually. They were huge in the front row. Genji made some absolute barnstorming runs mm. like he does for Bears. Uh, came out unscathed, and actually that's promising, really. Yeah. So I think in the pack, yeah, actually, you know, I, I think the England pack was not where I was particularly worried. Was I know the South Africa pack are huge. Look at the size of Edwin Enzeberth. He's about 20 yeah. foot tall, isn't he? But Genge, Sinks, and uh, even Cowan Dickey and Jamie George, I think there necessarily wasn't the issue in the England squad. The, the whole backs and the makeup is in a little bit of disarray, thanks to Eddie Jones. Um, and we'll just leave yeah, it at that, I just think, I think I think the only thing we can say with England is, it. I think we 
we just have to wait. We can't really judge it until the World Cup. But I think no, it's absolutely. easy to... But that said, Eddie Jones has got a responsibility to deliver something a bit more exciting to those people that pay a shed load of money to go to Twickenham Absolutely. for this Autumn International and for the Six Nations. And yeah. I'm starting getting to a little bit sick about this narrative that it's all about the World Cup. Mm. I mean, it's not. It's about the Six Nations. It's about England performing at a highest level on a consistent basis. And it's about players looking like they really, really care when they play for England. And I'm not saying players didn't. I'm just saying that it. I felt that it meant more in a way, I don't know, to the South Africans. And um, I don't know. I, I just think that, I just wonder whether there was a subconscious, some of those players were, I don't know. You playing, cannot, yeah, um, you they cannot, weren't, they, they're not convinced themselves no, about I what's going on. Right. And you cannot t- take away from the fact that that South Africa team yesterday looked just as just as good as yeah. anybody well, they, beat us in the world yeah. Cup. and, they, and they, this know, is a South African team at the end of a long season as well right, they, yeah. you know we're supposed they've to be fresh they've got a holiday now haven't yeah. they the so they've got the summer off yeah anyway let's leave it at that because we, you know I was getting quite positive after the Bears performance <laughs> I don't want to get disappointed and then I think we'll finish off finally which it's kind of a minor gets my goat miles and oh, what's that? Um, well you know I mentioned a, a few pods ago that I think the Cardiff game the rearranged game to make up for the Worcester game <laughs> yes. we, we went and we, we, yeah, we had yeah, a bit yeah. corporate we had a lovely did, light did, but it yeah. wasn't really kind of the same level as a premiership game and one of the things we pointed out at the time was that the stadium announcer was absolutely shocked it was some sort of like student wasn't it lost I mean I'm sure he's a lovely guy but it was a very very bizarre night and and I did kind of raise the question about well if you're going to rearrange a game that was a premiership game we should have premiership kind of standard announcing at least and and Slick wasn't there and and Downsy wasn't there but then I got a, a tweet from somebody saying oh no no Downsy's actually in Qatar in a World Cup and I thought this is a bit odd what's Downsy doing in Qatar I mean he's you know, this is a bit strange. Anyway, then subsequently on Twitter, right. Lee sent something the other day. Yeah. And it was a picture of Downsy in one of the stadiums DJing, wearing some sort of ridiculous outfit, being photographed by, uh, by, by the kind of paparazzi. And I was thinking, what's it? And anyway, I looked it up and I sort of found an article in the post <laughs> about how Downsy had been talent spotted by some agency that was... That was um, that was acting on behalf of the, the World Cup Ordinance to be one of the stadium kind of entertainers and announcers in we, Qatar. Uh, let, uh, let's just backtrack. Hang on a minute. He's been talent spotted. Talent spotted, yes. Has he seen him um, yeah. trying to well, reenact Simba yeah, but I mean, this is my point. Or, or something to that effect. But this is my point. What exactly were they watching? I mean... Uh, a, <laughs> he's got this job on based on Simba Cam, right. unexp- but also how could they even hear a word he said? Because none of us in the Dolman <laughs> can hear anything that Downsy says anyway. So it's quite hard for anyone to make a judgment about whether he's any good or not. Okay, maybe they listen to his radio show, which I'm sure is yeah. crystal clear sound. I mean, isn't it? you know, without getting political, the whole thing sort of fits into the whole narrative of the uh, well, of, of, the, of the World Cup. For, for and, ages, and you know, yeah. we love Downsy, and fair play to him. And if he's if he's if he's decided to top his pension up, then uh, <laughs> then uh, fair fair dues. But I hope he, uh, he when he comes back. Gate, I, well, yeah. I'd like to see a bit of improvement. Then I'd like to see a few new tricks and you know a bit more you know something a bit more uh, uh, a bit more straight down the line. Anyway. I think we'll leave it there. So it's not really a go. It's it's just a comment on uh, where when the rest of us are enduring a miserable cold where's Wally or, autumn. Or where's Downsy? Yeah, with with uh, you know with with the team you know down in the dumps a little bit, and then Downsy's lording it up in the, in hot Qatar, <laughs> earning the earning a bit of dollar. Strange. But there we go. 
Fair play to him. <laughs> right then, Miles, I think that's about it for this week. We've managed to get through it. I'm not sure how many people will actually ever listen to well, it. Well, I'm not sure. But, but well done, mate. Well, I we're going to cross it. our fingers that next week will be a full yeah. compliment well, of the four of us. Let's is, hope that really. This is the plan. We'll be back next Sunday with a review of the Tigers game. Hopefully, we'll be reviewing a win. Um, and then we'll be giving our thoughts on, on the European Challenge Absolutely. games that will take us up to Christmas and, th- and then beyond. So that's it for now. Um, you've been listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. Have a great week and up the bears.